0: we may find ourselves back in our seats in Jesus' name, praise the Lord. I keep missing the opportunity, but every time they come, we're going to get the privilege of being able to hear messages from Sister Kelly's mom, I'm sorry, because Sister Kelly's dad, who is, she's got nervous there for a minute. And he's just a wonderful man of God. He's a pastor for many, many years. He walks with Hebrew totally in his heart and is going to be able to bless us some days when they come back. Not only that, but also the uncle, um, Uncle Charles. is, is uh, Don't be making those faces. Welcome to BCC. Amen. But he's a wonderful man of God. My, uh, our own son is just absolutely in love with him as well, and wonderful man of God. He said with me yesterday, he says, want to be around, you know, Javen and, and Luke and whoever, to show them that you can live in Christ and you don't have to be fuddy-duddy. Are you with me? And that's just powerful. That bears our heart. Amen? Can I get you to look up on the screens? We've got a special message for you today, if you will. Would you take a look at here? It says, for your glory. Did you notice we just sang for your glory, right? We just sang a message called For Your What? And it says, I will do what? I will do what? And I just wish that this was planted upon our hearts where it becomes a reality. I want to be where you are. I got to be where you are. Amen. And how me understand that's to be in his presence. So it says our entire seeking and searching is predicated on accepting the truth that God is what? That God is what? And that his ways are higher and perfect. Can somebody say amen? So therefore, in prayer, and we make it as an attitude, we make it as an attitude, and that acceptance is simply this, I surrender. We make the attitude of our hearts, I what? Psalm 73, verse 25 says, whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Now, I know what some of us could be thinking. That seems a bit far, just a far off maybe sometimes from where we might be. Amen. I mean, sometimes we want other things on earth before we think of God. Can anybody say amen? But let's let the word be true and let the word of prayer become our heart. That God, I desire you. Let's read that sentence again. I desire, so read it with me. Ready, Said read. I desire you more than anything on earth. Again, I desire you more than anything on earth. Amen. Yes, Lord. What does that look like in Scripture? What could that be like? Why would we have such a strong desire like that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 says this, For your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? As it is in God, we desire you more than anything else on earth. So, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can somebody say amen? So, with this, would you read this prayer with me? Our praying is, I surrender in your presence. And that's where we want to come to. I surrender in your presence. Let's read. Father God, in the name of Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, we pray, surrendering in your presence. Psalms 84 verse 10 says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of our God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For Lord God, you are a son and shield. Christ, you give grace and glory. No good thing will you withhold from any of us who walk uprightly. O oh Lord, blessed is the human who trust in you, who dwell in and depend on your presence. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, you know, we're in the middle of a relationship series. All right. We're in the middle of a relationship series, and and I just believe that God's been doing great things. The first sermon was about a mother's love. Praise God. And how many understand that's, in essence, the very first natural love we come to experience? I'm going to say that again. The very first love that God created that we might experience in the earth is a mother's love. I mean, no, I don't know if you can get any closer than being inside of you. (laughs) I'm just saying, amen. (laughs) I don't know if there can be any more closeness, amen. Have you understand that when when the mother that is pregnant eats garlic, the baby has eaten garlic. I can't get up any helping up here, amen? Right? And so a mother's love, and I love how more research shows that even when you read the Word of God out loud, the baby is being affected by the words that are being read. The songs that you choose, the music that you choose, the baby is being experienced of what you are experiencing. The very first love we've been to experience is a mother's love. Amen. The name of the series is Love That Has Legs. Turn to your neighbor and say, love that has legs. When you check out these legs right here, how many understand that these legs look like they're what? Going somewhere. Everybody with me? These legs are in motion. These legs are going somewhere. So, therefore, we're talking about love that has action, love that has motion, love that goes somewhere. Amen. You say, where does that come from, Pastor? Well, it comes from Ephesians 5, verse 1. It says this, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and what? And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And today I'm going to choose just to read the yellow part. As Christ also has loved us. We're not speaking about a love apart from God. We're speaking about the love of God and the love specifically as Christ also has loved us. If we're looking for a model, if we're looking to understand what type of love we're speaking about, we're talking about the love that is as Christ also has loved us. Everybody with me? I think it goes a little bit further in 1 John chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 16. It says this, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And how many understand? We want to read the whole Bible, <laughs> right? We want to read the whole Bible, right? Let's not pick and choose. I understand the whole Scripture, all of it—Old Testament, New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation, everything in between. And people, some people like to say, "I like to read the Bible from Genesis to the maps." <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How I mean, you know if you get to learn how to understand the maps, the maps begin to speak to you. Are you with me? Amen. So you know what, we want to be able to be a whole Bible church. So therefore, we've got to understand we can't white out this section. So it says, "Real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters." If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Verse 18 says, dear children, let not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our what? By our what? By our walk, amen. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. And everybody said amen. Amen. This relationship series, Love That Has Legs, these three definitions of love is the love that we're speaking about in this series and that we're wanting to take on. So because love in the English language can have such a broad definition, and many times when I say the word, it might mean something different than what you mean, or if you say this word, it might mean something different to me. We all want to center in on these three definitions of when we're speaking about love. These are the three definitions that we're speaking about every time we say or use the word love. Everybody with me? Can I ask the question just by raising of hand after we'll do it? Well, let's read these three and let's see if we can agree on these three definitions of the word love. Number one, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us. Number two, when we speak about love, we're talking about God's love in me. God's love in me. And number three, we're talking about true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us. Everybody with me? Can we agree that these are the three definitions that we can use during the series? Can we do that? Can anybody lift up our hands? Can we see that? Just, I just want to see if we can agree with that. Is that okay? Some of us are unsure. Now, I, I, I did that purposely because I think it helps us understand that we have to build trust with one another. Amen? Everybody say Trust. And I understand that you wanna, you don't, you know, you're hesitant to commit to things too fast, especially in today's society and things like that. I got it. And especially Pastor Terran, who's just about berserk. I got it. But these definitions are the ones that we read out of the Amplified Bible. And I just wanted to share that with you because I want you to come to the agreement that we agree that these are good definitions. Today's message is called Faith's Relationship with Love. Today's message is called Faith's Relationship with Love. What is it called? Amen. Because faith and love have a relationship. Amen. The only thing that that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. I would like to propose this relationship reading for us all. And even if you're visiting with us, you might as well join in. It's not going to do anything but bless your life. It says, I want to pose that we all position ourselves in actions to grow our relationships. I want us to pose that we can position ourselves to grow in our relationships. How? All of BCC, I'm proposing that we would read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the Amplified Bible once every day until Father's Day. Amen. That's a good word. It's good devotion. So what we're speaking about is 29-day devotion or a devo reading that will increase our love and increase our relationships lasting and passion. So what happens as a result, I believe from reading the Bible, the scriptures from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the whole entire chapter, verses 1 through 13 from the Amplified. You can get it online. You can get it on your smartphone. We can even print it out for you if you need to carry it. And that is we want us all to read just once a day 1 Corinthians 13 from the Amplified Bible. And I believe God has the power through his word and through who he is to increase our relationships through lasting relationships and relationships that have more passion. I understand that some relationships might be lasting, but they may not have any passion? Amen? And so, therefore, we've got to want to be with one another. How <laughs> many understand you don't have to try to inspire each other when you already want to be with each other? Praise the Lord. It's good preaching. Speaking plainly. So, I'm going to give you a free one. We're all going to read it today together. Oh, man, you've got today knocked out. For some of us, A-type personalities, amen, right? You might as well check this one off. So we're going to read it out loud. It'll take a little bit for us to do that, but let's read it out loud. Ready, set, read. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food, and if I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited arrogant and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe and best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes, The incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I have become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. For now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or an enigma. But when the perfection comes, We shall see in reality and face to face. Somebody say amen. Now I know in part imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Verse 13. And so faith, hope, love abide. Faith, conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things. Hope joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation, love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for and in us. These three, but the greatest of these is love. I think everybody deserves a big God bless you and a round of applause. Amen. Come on, we just read the word of God. This message today, though, is partnered Today, we have a special prepared message planned by partnering with our long standing of every season in relationships. He's been here as a collegiate single, a growing in faith in Christ, married, family, career, and now professional promotion, our own BCC disciple, Brother Kevin. Let's thank God for him as he comes up in Jesus' name. Come on, Brother Kevin. Take us further in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah. So I, last week I joked with Joshua, and I said, some of you will get this that have been around that long. I said, you know, I wonder if for my last Sunday they'd let me get an overhead projector and do some announcements. <laughs> Years ago I used to do the announcements. Um, got the next best thing. <laughs> Pastor's making me speak. Um, I had a joke, and it was, uh, be careful what you tell pastor because then he'll ask you to preach it. Um, <clears throat> so just last week, I was telling him um, some things that were going on in our life and just just shared with him a few things. And so then he wanted me to sh- share that up here. And so um, so he kind of, let's see what we got up here. There we go. Um, I was telling him how the children of Israel uh, for a long time in reading and um, kind of studying the account of them. And I guess kind of these are some scripture references. You can turn to them or write them down. But Children of Israel, pretty much from the time they were in Egypt to the time they you know, went through the wilderness experience, that whole time period, I always struggled to understand some things about them. Um, every time they would they would kind of turn from God or lose faith, I was just kind of almost arrogant inside of me, like, how could they see so much of God's power and revelation so clearly, so far beyond the magnitude of any of us could imagine, and yet... In an instant, it seems like, they could turn and lose faith and, and cry out again. Um, in Egypt, after every plague that came, they'd be mad at Moses and ask him to leave. Just leave us alone. Just leave. We're fine. You know. And every plague was making a distinction between Hebrew and Egyptian. Like the, the swarms of insects would only bother the Egyptians. Hebrews had no insects. The darkness was only in Egypt. Over in Goshen, where the Hebrews were, it was light. I mean, so you would think that they would be realizing, this God is for us. But, but they didn't want anything to do with it. And there's reasons for that. But it's just kind of something I noticed. And then, so they finally get out of Egypt. They finally get completely delivered. They're on their way. Same thing. They get to the Red Sea. And they, they cry out to Moses. They see Pharaoh's army coming. And they just say, you should have just, couldn't you have just left us in Egypt? Was there not enough graves in Egypt? You, you had to bring us out here to bury us? You know, we should have just died in Egypt. Yes, sir. You know, and they had just seen, once again, I'm minimizing it, but they had just seen a magnitude of God's power that we can't even imagine that delivered them. And, and then they get to the Red Sea not a few days later, and they're already terrified, and it's as if they've forgotten what God had just done for them and aren't thinking that he could maybe do it again. Um, They get through the sea, and they sing a song of celebration. At Mount Sinai, they got to hear God from a mountain on fire. (laughs) And 40 days later, well, some period between 40 days, uh, Moses disappears on the mountain. They're like, Aaron, we don't know where Moses went. Build us a golden calf. So they had just been told not to build idols. They turn around and build an idol. They get thirsty. They complain that they're thirsty. They get water from a rock. They complain that they're hungry. They get manna from heaven. They're sick of the manna, they want meat. We had meat in Egypt. They get so much quail that they have it coming out their nostrils, as God said. Um, So it's just continual with the children of Israel. And I just, I can't project what you guys think of that or or how that affects you, but when I would read all that, I would just kind of just think in my head, like, I don't get it. How could they turn so easily? Just, it doesn't matter what they saw or what they experienced or how God came through for them. They would just, when the next thing came, they were right back at the beginning. Um, if we fast forward to the New Testament, the disciples are very similar. It's not exactly the same, but the, the same principles are there. They walked with Jesus for three years. They experienced, you, you know, firsthand his teachings. They saw his miracles. You know, arguably closer than anybody, they knew him. They heard what he said. I mean, he opened up, he didn't just speak to them in parables, he, under, he explained the parables to them. I mean, they were the disciples. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Jesus gets arrested. Matthew 26, 56. Then all the disciples left and fled. Mark 14, 50, and they all left him and fled. He gets arrested. Challenge comes. They split. It's like they had never even knew him. And again, there's, there's prophetic explanations of that and, and things. But you, you would just think that they would have known him. They would have known who he was, what he was going to do. He told them what he was going to do. And it's as if they didn't even, oh, challenge came, pressure came, they split. Yes,
2: sir.
1: And after he was crucified, they're not done. They, uh, so at the end of Luke, the scripture in Luke is where they meet up with Jesus after he's risen, but they didn't recognize him, they didn't know it was Jesus. And so they're walking and talking with this guy, and <clears throat> he can sense that they're all sad, and he's, he says, "What's you know, what things? What are you guys talking about? And they're, they're like, are you new to Jerusalem? Do you not know what's happened? And so they go on to explain, you know, there was this man, mighty and prophet. They, they they say who he was, so they knew. A mighty prophet in deed and word before God and all the people, but they crucified him. You know, we hoped he was the one to redeem Israel, but it's now been three days, you know. And so so once again, they, they saw all these things. They experienced all this with Jesus, but yes, as soon as he got crucified, well, I guess that wasn't it. Um, you know, kind of the same as the Egypt, or the Israelites, I just... I would read that and think, man, I just don't, I don't get it. Until I did. <laughs> Until I realized um, that I'm exactly the same way. And again, I won't project what you are or <laughs> what you've experienced in your life, but I'm guessing um, we're all similar in the same way. Um, so for those of you that don't know, kind of in the last year of, of my family and I's life, we've been undergoing a big change, um, pursuing pursuing a big change with my job, which is going to bring a lot of change, you know, moving, we're going to be moving. And so this whole year has been filled with a lot of challenges that we would get to, um, and then God would come through, and he would, you would make a way, he would make some connections, and he would really show his, show us that he's with us, yes. he cares about us, and that he's for us, and he's making these things. And um, so in the same way as Israel, same way as the disciples, every challenge that would come God would come through. We'd be excited. And then it's as if we forgot it ever happened because the next challenge that came, we're worried about it. We're scared. We're, we're trying to... F- and here's what I do. This is my personality. So much. I'll try to control it. Because if I can control it, then I can figure it out and, and plan it. And I'm a planner. You know, I make lists. pastor laughs at my lists. But... um. You know, so every challenge that would come, I'd be trying to do it on my own, forgetting that God came through. You know, and the big example is, everything that led up to getting the job, I got offered the job in April. And so that had been kind of a, about a year in the works. So there was all this stuff that led up to getting the job. It was just this huge thing, got the job, and it was was amazing. And then it's like, all that was gone, and now I was looking at the mountain in front, because now there was all this stuff that I had not even thought about. Now we're moving. Got to sell a house. Got to buy a house. Find an apartment. We need to find new schools. We need to. We have no friends in Kansas. <laughs> we need friends. And so, when I got to, when I got to that place, first thing I realized is, it's not that hard to understand how they lost faith, because I think that's just what we do. We, it's it's. I don't want to say it's easy to do it in a discouraging way, like you're always going to lose faith. But it's we're people. Um, Ye of little faith and slow to believe. Um, So that's what I had told Pastor, and that's what he wanted me to share. But this is the middle of the relationship series on love. And so I thought to myself, that's great. I have no idea what that has to do with love. And he he said, I know. That's why you're not done. (laughs) And so um, he asked me to just keep dwelling on that. And he put a slide up about uh, faith's relationship with love. So as I was, I was thinking about how this would all connect to love or God's love or our love or anything, um, a question came up. Why would God still love us? Why would God have still loved Israel after all that they had done in response to everything that he had done? Why would he continue to be patient, continue to bless and protect why would he continue to be patient with the disciples after they completely left him? You know, you would think maybe he'd come back and find new disciples.
0: Speak,
1: and why would, he, why would he be patient and love me after, after things he's done for me? It's as if I forgot that he ever did it, and I begin worrying about the next thing and trying to take over myself, you know, instead of relying on him and what he has done and, and hoping in what he can continue to do. You know, why would he still love us? And you can insert Corinthians 13 in, into that word love because it breaks down love is this, love is this. So, so that's why I say, why would he still love you? Why would he still be patient? Why would he continue to bless and protect? And it's who he is. That's why. It's. He, uh, he said to Israel in Deuteronomy, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. This is the key. It was not because you were more in number than any other people on the earth that he set his love on you and chose you, for you are the fewest of all people. But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping his oath with you that he swore with your fathers. And um, in Isaiah... Yeah, they are. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior... I gave Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. That's why he still loves us. Ephesians. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And so that... it kind of clicked for me that tied love into it. You know, I was thinking about they had faith, they lost faith, why would he still love them? And then um, then I thought, so why should we still love our neighbor, our spouse, our children? Why should we continue to be patient with our children continually, continue to bless them, bless one another? Why should we continue to, to love our coworkers, the way, they, the way they might treat us, the way they act, things they've done, your friends, because it's who we are. Because if he is in us, then it's no longer us, but Christ that lives in us. And so if, if everything I just said about who he is, then that's who we are to be. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. <laughs> And Jesus said in John 15, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. His commandment could be summed up, in essence, as love. So that's why we, we have no choice. Why should we continue to? Because he is in us. 1 Corinthians, Paul says, be imitators of me, not because of who he is, as I am an imitator of Christ. And then Ephesians, he says again, similar, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, And Jesus in Matthew 5 says, you must therefore be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now that obviously doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but his point is, strive to live as I've laid out for you to live.
2: Yes, sir.
1: So...
0: the lord we're gonna have a time of closing out as we did on last week because these weeks are the time in which we send out amen these are the times in which we what send out and we get a privilege, bcc of being able to send out the mccubbin family today and and we want to be able to bless them and lay hands upon them and stretch forth our hands for them and so as you were uh, jeremy and, and joshua and and uh the linings, and I'm going to ask that you all would bring them up in just a minute. But let's go ahead and get you to begin to play. But I want to close this message out and take a look at right where Brother Kevin brought us to, right where Brother Kevin brought us to. Wasn't that powerful? I love when the Word of God and the message comes from within the congregation. Because it speaks from us, toward us, about us. And there's no way you can be in denial. Whoop, that was me. Are you with me? Hallelujah. This whole series is about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Amplified Bible, so we can get as much amplification on what it means to love, to walk it out, to live it. Are you with me? You can bring the lights down, if you will. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Amplified Bible gives us the synopsis of the whole chapter and a major message right there in verse 13. And it says this, And so faith, hope, and love abides. It does what? What that means is, in the entirety of our lives, how many of you know there are some things that are lost? How many of you know there are some things that get stolen. There are some things that sometimes we go through in life and it seems like it is drained or virtue comes out of us. I'm sure that's where the phrase came from, "Thank God it's Friday." Are you with me? But the Scripture says, now abides faith, hope, and love. And that word abides means this is what stays. This is what remains. When everything else might have gone, this is what keeps on going. In other words, these are the things that you don't ever lose. How many understand that They may have caused you to lose the job. You may not even realize that however you lost those finances to that particular business transaction and you thought it was going to increase, but it decreased, so therefore you left with less than what you expected. How many said you lost the
2: finances, but don't lose your faith? You know what? Some of us have even lost certain relationships. But even though you lose some personal relationships, you still need to have faith, hope, and love
0: because they are what abide. What I'm just simply trying to say with no extra time to say it is this, is that faith, hope, and love. If you lose everything else, keep them.
2: Even if you feel like, man, I had all of this. I thought I was going to be on my way. But if you still keep your faith, if you still keep your hope, and if you still keep your love, you will come back and get the things that you thought you once lost. Because the things that might have been stolen, the things that felt like they had been broken, the things that felt like you wished you had it back again, if you've gone without it, God can bless you with what's left more than what you thought was right. Because all that remains is faith, hope, and love. (laughs) When it comes to Peter, Jesus says, I've prayed for you. Why? Why? I've prayed that your faith fail not. Why? Because I already knew you was gonna mess up. I already knew you were gonna deny me three times. I could have promised that. I told you the cock was gonna crow, and you denied me. It does not matter what we aired in. It does not matter, as Brother Kevin said. How many times I go from worry to oh, a celebration? oh I got it again. Celebration. Worry. Celebration. Worry. Even though we fail, thanks be to God that Jesus has prayed for us that our faith fail not, that when you get your strength back, strengthen your brother and your sister. Come on and give the Lord a praise, our friend.
0: So what is faith? Conviction and belief. Respecting man's what? Man's what? I told you faith has a relationship with love, man's relation to God and divine things. Hope is that joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. What is love? Love, this series is about love, the true affection for God, and man growing out of God's love for and in us, and I want to say this in the right perspective because I'm working with Pastor Jeremy to learn how to go beyond the pushback. And here's what I'm making about the pushback. It's not about our love. It's because he first loved us. That's why the song said, he first loved us. And I saw some of y'all get your groove on, amen. That's why he... It's because He first loved us. But out of the Holy Spirit, our response to His love is that we love Him back. Out of a response of Him first loving us, the verse doesn't say, well, He first loved us and that's it. It says, we loved God because He first loved us. These three, but the greatest of these is love for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law you have been cut off from Christ you have fallen away from God's grace But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Read the bold print. Ready, set, read. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What is important is what? Faith expressing itself in love abides, stays, remains, and the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and definitely in relationship, but these three abides, stays, and remains. Faith is that relationship as I talked about with Peter because faith is the substance. It's the material. I don't know. You know how many understand people look at Christians and say, how do we make it? Because our faith is the substance. It's the material of what you see in me. Last is this hope. Everybody say hope. You got to hear this. Didn't see it coming. He says, Brother Kevin says, Well, why do we do it? Why do we drift away? Why does it drain out of us? The King James says this Hope is the anchor of the soul. Hope is the what? How many understand the only thing that an anchor is used for is for things that drift? Oh, you didn't hear what I, that was. Major revelation right there. An anchor is only used for things that drift and when we talk about drifting we're not talking about intention it's just things that drift how I many understand I've been on boats I've been on lakes I've been on the ocean I'm telling you, you can put the bait by the sh- you can put the boat by the shore don't go to sleep you'll find yourself in the middle of the lake are you with me because it's just the motion of the ocean it's just the motion of the ocean and therefore as life goes on we tend to drift but thanks be to God God don't let me lose what needs to remain
2: faith hope and love I need the hope to stay anchored because if you're anchored no matter how far you drift you can only go so far and I don't know about you but I've drifted in my life I've drifted in doubt sometimes I've drifted but I've seen things not go the way I prayed but thanks be unto God it might not have happened the way you dreamed it it may not have happened the way you wished it but plan He's been a Jesus. I didn't drift too far that he kept me anchored that I might have Jesus the hope of glory. My faith is in him. Our love is in him. Faith, hope, love.
0: Let's just sing it. Run time through wanna be where you are. Sing that right
1: there.
0: McCubbins, Thompson's, please come to the stage. Sing. Come on, sing it like God just got inside you. Let the word of God seep into you. Come on. One time, hands lifted. Come on.
2: We gotta be where you
0: Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit, according to Ephesians chapter 1, seals upon us this truth. So, Lord, as we may transit into a sending away service of our very dearly and beloved, celebrated family. Lord, seal this word upon our heart that just got delivered by the man of God. It found us in our front rooms. It found us in our kitchens. I pray, Jesus, that now your word would be found upon our heart. That no matter what's gone or lost, I hold fast to what remains. Abide, stays in me and with me. Your faith, your hope, and your love. And in Jesus' name we pray, hallelujah and amen. Come on, let's thank God, if you will, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's bring the lights up, if you will. Thank you so much.